Welcome to the C Film Podcast. I'm Scott Higgins, director of the College of Film and the Moving Image at Wesleyan University. Today, part two of my conversation with the creative team behind the award-winning sci-fi audio drama Wolf 359. They are Wesleyan graduates Gabriel Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. They're writers and producers of audio fiction living in Brooklyn, and in our last podcast, we talked about their experimental drama, Time Bombs. But today, we talk about everything else. We'll talk about their ongoing podcast called No Bad Idea. We'll talk about the art of failing in public, the challenge of staying creative even after you've had some success, the real value of going to college, the creative economy, and the truth about podcasting costs. About halfway through, I failed to be organized, and we just start talking about Into the Spider-Verse. But it still seemed fun and worth sharing. As a creative group, they've launched the online course about writing and producing audio drama podcasts called Audio Fiction 101. More about that at the end of this episode. Right now, we're here to talk about No Bad Ideas and why it's worth listening to. So, good. Tell me what No Bad Ideas is in... 50 or fewer words. <laughs> well, or, um, you know. No Bad Ideas is a storytelling game show. No, 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 no. Yeah, he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have it memorized by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to? Sure. Gonna... <laughs> um, so No Bad Ideas is a uh, talk show that the three of us do <laughs> where every week um, one of us brings in a an article or a um, listing or just something that is a source, some definition of the word a, a, bad a source idea. of information of a bad yeah. idea that's some bad had. idea um and they can be things like somebody tried to steal a shark from an aquarium and took it out of the aquarium on a baby stroller it's amazing or, Why they, um, that, that was that's a real one that yeah, is a real that's, one that's, that's, <laughs> that's a real one shark nappers is in the feed now or that was a, um what was that episode bad idea that is episode 11, yes. Yeah. Or um, <laughs> there is this martial arts academy that is teaching their students how to shadow wrestle against bulls. Um, just sort of anything that when you hear it, you kind of go, wow. oh, wow, that, that, that somebody had a bad idea. Um, and so every week, one of us brings in a bad idea to the other two. They yeah. read the bad idea to them, and then we set a timer and the other two have 30 minutes to come up with a pitch for how to turn that bad idea into a good story. Whether it's um, a movie, whether it's a novel, whether it's a television series, exactly. whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then after that, then we have yes, like our... a, a conversation about the, just the art of, of storytelling, it seems. And the, the hustly life of artists in New York City. Right. Yeah, it's right. just sort of a more unstructured uh, check-in slash therapy time slash whatever sort of creative uh, conundrum we tat, tat, want tat. to we want to explore. Uh, I, I, let's I like that it, ever again. I, <laughs> I I kind of think we should always call it that. No more <laughs> ten. <laughs> tet, tet, tet. Um, <laughs> it's fun to say. It is very fun. Ma, to say. It is very fun to say. Mano y tet, tet, tet. The um, the idea. The first feels half is like, definitely mano a mano, and the second half is definitely tete. 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 Um It feels like an improv game to some extent. You know, <laughs> somebody comes up with an idea, and you can't say no to that idea. You have to make it work. But what I like about it is that you, as you're doing it, you sift out the bad, good ideas from the good, good ideas, and that it does get refined to a point. So at the end of that half hour, you've got something, and I'm like, I'm impressed by that. Like, oh, that's a place you could begin writing. You know. 
unlike uh, have you seen Aquaman? No, no we have, have not. Yeah, to ourselves, no. Yeah. There you go. Um, which is <laughs> it? It's an example of a screenplay that was written with like yes and continuing through the entire process. Hmm. They they had n- no idea that they rejected. <laughs> None. And it makes for an extraordinarily, like, diverting movie. Hmm. Sure. But the parts, they just don't have anything to do with one another. Um, so, and that, yeah, so it's like a failed No Bad Ideas episode, the, the Aquaman. Though apparently, you know, very lucrative. Um, for DC, at least, yeah. Yeah. So, but we'll get back to that, because I also want to ask you about Spider-Verse. Um but Ooh, that, so, that we would much rather talk about. Yeah. So good. No Bad Ideas, then, is a way of kind of workshopping ideas, right? Yeah, and, keeping the, um, uh, the gears fresh. Have you taken those and pushed any of them, de- pushed them into development after? <laughs> no. We just the, had a conversation we, yesterday we just, about yeah, we conversation if we were to write any of them, what would we do? And I think we're, we're, we're considering the possibility of whether or not we want to make it like one of our Patreon stretch goals for the year, that if we hit a certain amount, maybe we'll take uh, the month of November or whatever yeah. to 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 bring one of these things into that's uh, nice a full length script, which <laughs> might be a, a we, blessing or a curse depending yeah. on what happens. What's what's tough is that we're also wrestling with we want to whatever we write, we want it to be something that we can produce Shoot ourselves. ourselves, right? Micro budget, um, and so often the right. key to turning a bad idea into a good story is to, is to pull blow out it all up. the stuff, yeah, <laughs> right, and make it bigger and more ridiculous, and it's uh, it's harder to do. Um, I that don't on a micro budget exactly. Like I don't think yeah. that like we've come up with a good story that would clock in right. under forty. I think it would be exclusively budget. for getting our you know our hat into the ring of the blacklist. Uh, sure, on one of those sites. Oh um, yeah, but. Uh, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a bad idea that would make a good micro-budget film. Yeah. You guys have uh, been really great at, at doing this thing, which I like to think all Wesleyan graduates do, but I actually I'm not sure, um, which is failing in public, but not really. <laughs> I mean, it's actually... <laughs> no, new, new, new production <laughs> company I know. title. Failing, failing, in, failing in, public. in public. I'm going to see um, if the domain's available. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> No, I mean, what I meant by, by that, I mean, like, trying and doing and making, right? So yeah. Wolf 359, who which we don't need to go into because it's famous and everybody listening to this should know it. If they don't, they, should, they oh, need to look stop. it up immediately. Don't stop. Um, Keep going. <laughs> but Wolf, Wolf 359 was one of these things where we had, a, a pair, you know, here, here are some alums who lived on different coasts and suddenly they started just doing something. And it turned into a full-on phenomenon with lots of fans and it had a complete run. That ended. And now what I see happening is you continuing to do that at a different scale. So, you know, you obviously have a bigger horizon now than you had when you started. Like, the su- success will unfortunately make you want to do more, right? Right. It um, is unfortunate <laughs> that it works that um, way, yeah. And in a bigger scale. 
Uh, but and, and that's why the sophomore slump hits, because yeah. your next project has to be bigger than the last project, but then you've got fans who want the exact same thing. And what and, you've managed to do is to take that vacuum and into it plug these short-term projects that are just interesting, one of them being Time Bombs, another one being a podcast which is sort of devoted to the very problem of writer's block, which is, uh, okay, let's get together and work out some ideas, right? And so it, it's kept you alive and... Right and like active what i haven't seen is which i have seen or felt in many alums not many sometimes there are alums who burn like great stars and then you don't hear from them again it's like what happened and it turns mm. out that they're locked in a hovel questioning every move like before you could write one thing or before you can press record or you know put a camera anywhere mm. they've kind of worked themselves into a box which they can't think out of um and you guys haven't like you've maybe it's because you've done it together but you've refused to put yourselves into a box more than that you've made that box something that's fun for us to watch uh, so so kudos thank, well, thank you, you. We appreciate yeah. that i mean um, there's definitely been a lot of especially i feel like most of this year has been us in boxes um, and the show has definitely, or no bad most ideas, of last year, yeah. or most of the last year, rather. So maybe some of this year too. <laughs> um, <laughs> the year is young. The day, but, day is young. But yeah, but, uh, yeah it, it it is like a really nice pressure release for us, and allows us to sort of not be precious about the other things uh, that we're working on. Uh -huh. um, and that's selfishly been incredibly useful. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully other folks derive. Um, some measure of enjoyment or encouragement out of it. Right. And, and you know, and that was explicitly something that was baked into the DNA of Time Bombs yes. because we were noticing a little bit of that sophomore album pressure of God, whatever we're going to do next, it needs to be bigger and better, but also the same, but also different. And what if it's in a mm -hmm. different medium? What if this, that, and the other? And there came a point where it was like, you know what? It's feeling like a really good idea to have to do something in a time frame where we can't worry about that. And if mm. it's terrible, if it's just a wall-to-wall -wall face plant of right. a second mm -hmm. album, people will have a very explicit disclaimer of a this was shade. an experiment that we put together in a week. <laughs> um, yeah. And mercifully, I am far, far, far more pleased than I ever dreamed that I would be with the results of yeah. Time Bombs. Right. I am incredibly proud of the work that we did in that one week. But I think that we were only able to do that because we put ourselves in a position where we couldn't freak out about the yeah, sophomore sure. slump you insulate. yeah no it's great well the of course you have each other too which is That's which true. makes so, a huge difference absolutely yeah. if yeah. there's a lesson here for any going to be would be recent graduates from any program wesleyan film would be one of them i think it's stick together and because what you get in college is you pay a lot of money to be in college. Um, what you get are a bunch of maybe you useless say. lecture notes. Uh, <laughs> just useless lecture notes. <laughs> yeah, hey, tell me. Hey, I don't get paid a lot for you being in college. Um, oh, man. So well, it doesn't work college, that way. Then you pay a bunch for college after college. It's great. I've got college. Wow. Which kids. Yeah. Anyway, you do all that, but what you really get are a group of pre-selected, hopefully, people that you gel with and can talk to and make things with. And um, that's what you guys have kept alive. And you've done it in a way that is very quickly exported to the public, right? Yeah. Um, sticking with filmmaking 
it's gonna be a year before your short film is like seen by anyone right right and yeah so how do you fill with, that with time? the same amount of money that you could spend on you know an entire season of a audio project and you know I, yeah i think one of the things that we've been figuring out well and for anybody who's interested failing in public Dot com is taken, but failinginpublic.life is available for the price of $5 a year. We solved it. Um, but um, <laughs> Failinginlife.public. But, yeah. you know, I think there is a sort of ever-swirling, complicating creator economy emerging that wasn't there before even we started college, um, uh -huh. the, the three of us, um, where you have these, like, new sort of crowdfunding methods and i know patreon doesn't exactly like to be lumped into that category but it's like you know sort of going direct audience like creator to audience um monetization is like something that wolf made real to me you know it was like always like a nice idea but um but also even at the end of that it was never any of our full-time salaries mm -hmm. um and uh and so there's like that north star of how do we use the best of what's available to reach some of the you know the goals that we have which in many ways you know don't necessarily look like the new media you know funding methods like i think uh at least one of us would love to you know write and direct hollywood feature films um and i think all three of us would love to work in the industry at some level um, and Hollywood the question salaries is, would be nice. Right. And the question is, one, will they be there when, you know, <laughs> when <laughs> they're ready for us or we're ready for them? Um, and then two, uh, in the meantime, is there a way to create, you know, stability without doing other things that take our attention so far away from the craft that we want to get sharp at? Um, mm. And so that's, I think, mm. a little bit of the the spirit behind a no bad ideas is not only to keep mm. ourselves creative but also to create an opportunity for the people that loved what we did with wolf to you know to sort of get up underneath us and support us while we develop other things um and i think it's been been really nice to have that pressure release valve um while we you know put the ten thousand hours into whatever you know will come out next um which has been exciting to be in the trenches on but also frustrating yeah. for the you know the two steps forward, one step back life that right. bringing a new property into the world, um, properties into the world takes. Um, well, which is adulthood, right? I mean, this, <laughs> at some point you realize it's a, life is a long-term project. And, Don't say. Um, but how do you keep, how do you keep yourself motivated? You found ways to give short-term results along the way. I'm interested in this idea of the creator, when you content creator economy, Tell me more, because it's pretty unbalanced right now, right? Um, in that people need a load of content and they're not going to pay for it, um, you know? <laughs> right. um, and RIP in, art, we now, you know, the contentification of everything is sort of like... <laughs> in the end, we hope, though, you know, that uh, the good things are things that, that stick. But it, two mm -hmm. things come to mind here. One is I'd, li I'd like to hear more about the way... Um, big players like Spotify are now uh, putting Sauron's eye onto, onto podcasts. But also this disconnect between, I don't know if it's a disconnect, but here's like the great, one of the great tragedies of this life is when you're really, really good at storytelling, 
it sounds easy to the listener. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it should be easy they to think, do. Yeah, they assume, oh, that was easy. Let's just hear more of that. That couldn't have cost that much. That well, couldn't have taken that much time. It's interesting. Um, I think there actually is a deep appreciation for storytelling. Um, I, you know, we were basically been pitching podcasts to various corporate clients and the second NPR comes up as a gold standard, you'll hear somebody jump in and be like, but we can't afford that. Um, And so I think there is a certain amount (laughs) of acknowledgement of, you know, these projects take, and not everybody knows this, but I think they're like the, what you're seeing with podcasting is uh, a certain hardcore listener um, knows the difference between the 90% of the podcast world and the 10% that is, you know, well-funded. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I have some hope that there is that appreciation for the craft, mm-hmm. um, but you're not wrong. I think fiction, yeah. there is much less of that sense because yeah. they don't hear the list of the credits on the ra- the terrestrial radio anymore for um for those things and associated with npr and i think there is this sort of garage band aesthetic um with uh the audio drama sphere where it's sort of like you know um i think everybody is still sort of of this mindset of you do it for the love and Uh you know (laughs) if you get struck by lightning good for you but it's not about the money yeah yeah, and uh, I think that, but it can't be which is unsustainable for money. for artists exactly, right. who really want to yeah. make this their career, right? Yeah, I think that there's also a tight rope balancing act that podcasting is trying to pull off, where on the one hand it is culturally selling itself as this is the medium where the barrier and the gatekeeper of you the industry need, is and, gone. The, right, like and, you're free and independent and able to sort of do the things that aren't being permitted um, uh-huh, in other art right. forms. And you don't need $5,000 to produce the first episode. You need closer to $50 to produce the first episode. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. frees all of these voices who have been kept off center stage for so long to come in and tell stories that we need rather badly and which are really thrilling and energizing and just amazing to hear because of how new they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the other hand, podcasting is also trying to kind of fight the fight of there is a difference between doing a show and doing a show well with all the talented artists getting paid what they need to do. And so it is kind of on the one hand going, no budget is too small. Everybody come in and do it. And then on the other hand, it is sort of going, but also value this for the value that it actually should have, which is in the thousands of dollars per episode, if the artists that are in it are to be paid what they are actually worth relative to the work right. they're putting into this and there's a third right. specter as well of industry you know the that mm-hmm. that uh sinister kraken that comes up and <laughs> takes anything in new media that it thinks the kids are into um mm-hmm. sort of turning its attention more towards um fiction that isn't audio drama and and comedy podcasts and and other sort of forms of talk shows but beginning to to look at fiction too um, and there is sort mm-hmm. of that like, well, now you can have um, 
a scripted podcast with um, Oscar Isaac and right. Catherine mm-hmm. Kinnear and what and mm-hmm. you know you you have sort of top talent in other industries coming in, which is thrilling yeah. for listeners. But right. then um, the independent scene either you know you either get snapped up and become part of the Borg or. Uh, or you're sort of shut out from making real money. And so that's a crisis that's on the horizon as well. Yeah, right. And this is uh, the Gimlet strategy where they they made Homecoming. And I I think the cost of Catherine Keener and Oscar Isaac for a day or however long they brought them into the studio for is probably much less than it would cost to do a TV pilot, which then buys you the, you know, the IP that a TV exec wants to bring to the screen where you're not going to get Oscar Isaac for the show, but you know, you can bring in somebody uh-huh. that's that budget. So, Oh, they got uh, Julia Roberts. And they got Julia Roberts. So, oh, so, yeah. Um, God damn. but that is still then kind of ghettoizing the medium in a certain yeah. way by kind of going, this is the right. Of course cheap- their press release was like, Oh, so funny. Nobody thought to do this. <laughs> and like, we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs like, hey, hi. hi. <laughs> I've been but here for a couple for of them, <clears throat> For them, it's like phoning it in. Oh. For, for those, you know, or, and uh, it reminds me of, um, <laughs> reminds me of how Hollywood has dominated world markets. Uh, Absolutely. Forever and ever. Uh, going back to like an old, old lecture, because I think everybody does it now, but I think I was talking about Casino Royale and I was going through the way that film has sky replacements in every shot. And how at the time, sky replacement was expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And arguably not necessary, <laughs> but they could do it. And once they did it, then that changes the viewer's aesthetic sense. And yes. that's what they will consider, well, that's high quality, right? Right. Right. Um, and a big concern, which is weird. Like, I, I don't, never thought of NPR as a big concern, but relative, yeah, right? Oh, um, they are the titan in the field. Right. I guess so, yeah. So, um, but mean, they could the, afford those business buttons. model is making yeah. basically NPR-level shows at, uh, I think, I don't know if it's even a slightly lower cost, but just, you know, mm. making them for a new audience, for a podcast-first yeah. audience. And kind of making yeah. it about subject uh, matters that are not NPR subject matters. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. But, but yeah, uh, sort of taking that secret sauce and applying it more I don't specifically to dislike podcasts. Gimlet. I don't... I don't either. I'm. Let me say that I I, I yeah. quite like. Oh, no. I listen to. Uh, and I'll be the first. Every little admit, thing. Like, most of the podcasts uh, I subscribe to are Gimlet shows. Please call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. It's it's just interesting to see how the wild wild west don't stay yeah. wild yes. for long. And when you right. go to iTunes, it's you know whether it's Gimlet or Wondery or NPR uh-huh. or any of these major players those are the shows that are getting right. surfaced first and have those partnerships and to you know to strike it on the new and noteworthy is increasingly getting struck by lightning versus right. um you know yeah and i think there's now uh 400,000 podcasts is that something like something <laughs> upward of upwards of that wow. i don't know man that's you would know 400,000, like a day or like all the No, 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 no. That's no. insane, though. No, no like registered um, podcasts on the Apple red... podcast. Right, oh, okay. which so it's, I... pales right. in Apple comparison podcasts. to the YouTube scale, but I think that that's yes. very much the direction it's headed in. Interesting. Um, what was the Gimlet... Um, Lynn Levy's series about yeah, uh, Habitat. astronauts... Habit- yeah. Habitat. Super cool. Yay for Habitat. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that Lynn was awesome. a... Uh, 
kind of a documentary approach to to you know storytelling and that that work they're great except i see your point entirely um looks and like so that's a new development right yeah oh, looks yeah. like there's five hundred and fifty thousand oh, there we are uh, podcasts uh in the animal <laughs> ecosystem right now well i thought you were a little low um <laughs> yeah and see film podcast proud standing proud among them that's right that's yeah. right um, <laughs> so let's think about this uh what the hell is spotify doing because i just turned on my spotify the other day and it was recommending podcasts to me which was new it hadn't done that before are these things that they are um producing or are they curating um like they're doing a lot of curating but i also think they're stepping into original content as well i was just reading yeah. an article this morning that that's something that they are investing in now i think they may already uh -huh. even have some original series up um and i think right. it's just a na it's a no-brainer for them because they have the scale and this is yeah. the platform economy where when you're a youtube when you're a spotify when you have you know something on the order of hundreds of millions of people pressing play every day you have data on those people and you have the aggregate data so you can see what the market might want and then mm -hmm. you have the micro level personal data so you can see what that person might want that's right so you yeah. can make things that will hit large niches and then also deliver it to the individual when they want it how they want it and you only need like one mm -hmm. really major serial level success because you're a subscription service right to like pay for the rest of the experiments right and you can also like you know, uh, forego the serial level success if you want to do, you know, 25% of a serial level success and divide that budget across the four shows, suddenly you're making, you know, four times as many people potentially, you know, just as happy. It's uh, Netflix all over again. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it is about the, though I did just, I got my Spotify ad and I searched for Wolf 359. There you're there. You're there. We are. I'm going to follow are. you now. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks. Um, which is good. What? Uh, so, how did you did you have to get yourself presented on there, or did they just pick it up? On what? How, on, on Spotify. Spotify. How did Spotify? We, we submitted ourselves. Yeah. So back back when back in the day, back in the old yeah, we day. were making World Three Fifty Nine. Uh, Spotify actually at the beginning wasn't listing podcasts. It was something that they introduced about halfway through our run. Yeah. And, yeah. they and then they were very close. Only. It was invite only. And they had like a, basically a beta that eventually you could submit to. And now they're just open for business and they integrate with lots and lots of hosting services. You can just sort of click a button and they'll they'll take your show. Time Bombs is on there too. Yep. By it's design. I just, I'm following that now. Um, <laughs> oh, that gives me hope. It's great. That, so I, I, we I go think... back to this idea that we've got, they need content, my God. Yeah. So if there are artists who are capable of thinking and doing what you guys can do, then... God hope you, you rise to the top. Well, and, and, you know, then there's the radio publics of the world. And, and right now there's only one radio public of the world, which I'm incredibly grateful for. This is uh, another uh, streaming platform, I believe, that um, is doing paid listens. And they have sort mm. of a collect, like a collective model uh, where effectively people subscribe or offer up, you know, some amount of money per month that then gets divvied out to the shows that they listen to. Um, and they can basically paid listens are one way that audiences can fund creators through just the you know the course of their listening um with micro payments right. basically right oh i hope that works it's something you know oh, yeah. and something is better than nothing and i think the idea yes, is, is you know uh, I, 
I'm lucky to have been born to uh, to independently work like self-employed parents. Um, uh -huh. So entrepreneurship was something that I sort of grew up around, um, uh -huh. and just the idea of you know revenue streams and you know not putting all your eggs in one basket. So you know we're doing Patreon, but we're also looking at doing an online course um, uh -huh. to sort of you know create another. Uh, way that people who like us can give us money in exchange for something that they find valuable. Um, Sign up for that. What is your course about? Everything that we learned in the course of making Wolf 359 and the course of making Time Bombs. It's a audio storytelling course that focuses primarily on fiction, but there will be um, lessons to be applied to not only uh, nonfiction radio, but also other kinds of storytelling um, mm -hmm. and sort of you know, I think Wesleyan g gave us a uniquely valuable sort of lens to look at narrative medium through. And it's something that has, you know, only been a mind virus that's grown um, <laughs> as we've, uh, you know, sort of dug in outside of the academic environment. And, and yeah. so, you know, much like the workshops we've been running back at Wesleyan since graduating, uh, we thought uh -huh. that there might uh -huh. be something that our our audience, many of whom have not only expressed an interest, but I know of dozens of podcasts that have podcasts, right, yeah. sort of popped into existence in our way. Great. Um, that's uh -huh. been really exciting to uh -huh. see. So this is just to sort of serve that that audience. So this would be an, I know you're, it's working, but an audio course or video? Video. video. Like, so like a video um, MOOC. the radio star. Yes, kind of like a, a MOOC, a Coursera, uh, that kind, that of, kind of thing. We're thinking yeah. about using Udemy. We're we're talking to them, but uh, at some point, uh -huh. we're uh -huh. basically, if anybody's interested, we have a, a sign up page at course.fearofpublicshame.com. <laughs> Terrific, course.fearofpublicshame.com. Um, yeah, that's great. I, I think that I, again, you're finding ways to stay like visible and to spread the good word and and some of the, you know, the best practices of being insane and devoted to fiction. Um, which is what you guys have been able to do, despite the fact I know that you are all working day jobs as well. And I hope one day that your night job becomes your day job. And It'd it's be a nice. long process. Well, thank you. Bit by bit. Um, day by day. Day by day, hour by hour. Thank you for joining me and checking in and talking to us. And God knows I want to keep this. Uh, maybe a, We will check back in. Great. And and Anytime. talk more as, as things come out. Now, let's talk about Spider-Verse. So that was an awesome movie. Yes, yes. it was. Have you, you've all seen it? God, yes. it was amazing. Yes. All right. Um, I saw it just after Aquaman. And um, that got even better in comparison. Yeah. 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 Oof. So what do you like about it? It feels like the first real comic book movie. Oh, oh I don't know. Right. What about uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the uh... World? I, I, I like Scott Pilgrim versus the world just fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was it was just very exciting. Um, not only uh, I think Miles Morales, Spider-Man, um, especially God bless Peter Parker, but we've heard his story six times now. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so getting including two times in this movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no spoilers, no spoilers. But yeah, so the <laughs> it was it was very exciting to have the Miles Morales story, um, mm -hmm. as well as this very uh, layered, 
Um, it felt like animation post Snapchat in a really weird way. Huh. Just huh. like, can you unpack that? Um, just you know, there there's sort of layers to it. You're you're creating panels within frames. You are mm. adding uh, text and thought bubbles and stuff that's moved directly from comics. Like I'm pretty uh -huh. sure there aren't emojis in this movie, but they're like but we're a hair's close. breadth right, away. Right. Um, yeah. huh. And so it 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 felt. Um, new and vital in a way that like everything you know i i love pixar um mm. but everything sort of looked pixar dreamworksy for a while now and this mm. looked new this broke out of that yeah. in mm. such a refreshing way and yeah. on top of that it was built on top of such a solid yes. script oh my god like gosh. just like structurally it is such a there's well put nothing, together machine there's nothing that's wasted in that movie um, everything either comes back or pays off or um, like every joke lands. It's incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd have to watch it again to verify that because there's so much in the movie. Right. So for nothing I, to I be was wasted. Gonna say, I've been meaning to, means, to see no, it again. It is, I, it's well, dense. No, we were just talking about like there's a joke um, with uh, when uh, eh, we'll spoil a little bit. When Doc Ock shows up in Aunt May's house um, and Aunt May says, oh, Liv is here. And there's a joke earlier in the film about, like, my friends call me Liv. And that's, it plays into, like, a Spider-Man, a famous Spider-Man storyline of Doc Ock trying to, to seduce Aunt May. No, like, it's like that being smart. Like, oh. being engaged. Engaged, yeah. In the comics. Whoa. Which is like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That, no, like, the reference level is that <laughs> dense in operating uh -huh. on such a very subtle level where if you are not cued into that you just kind of go like oh this is kind of a funny line that informs right. how jaded aunt may is right that the super right. villain bursts into her house <laughs> and her reaction isn't to scream isn't to like flip out it's just kind of this like tired oh, oh great live is here and there's a second level where if you've been paying attention you know that she said earlier my friends call me live yeah and then mm -hmm. there's the third level mm -hmm. of knowing the comic backstory yeah yeah it's it is layered is the word very deep yeah mm. well it's the the producers are the lego uh yes movies? yes and one that. of the and one that. of the writers yeah phil lord um wrote it. wrote it and then yeah. uh miller helped produce wow they're with some other yes no and there's folk. yes yeah. indeed yeah. Um, yeah 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 i forget the and name we, of the other script and writer. we we shed a single solitary tear for their cut of the han solo movie <sighs> yes indeed oh yeah what did they? Huh. They were, so they were the original they were writers and directors, directors before they got taken off the project. And then uh, replaced by Ron Howard. And... Ron when Howard. like most of the movie was shot, by the way, and then like they did substantial reshoots, reshoots because yeah, the Lucasfilm right. folks were right. not are really the whatever the Disney, Disney folks. Yeah, were not happy with the direction of the film. Ah. Well, yeah, I mean, kudos to, to Marvel for taking this risk, right? And and they did it in an animated version, so it's so in a way, I think they could, like, justify it. But to work with these guys and do what they did, you really need to hold your breath and trust that it's all going to work out in the end. Because yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine, like, visualizing this thing at an early stage and thinking, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um well, they did like yeah, about a like... bazillion animation tests just for the look of it alone. Never mind like uh, uh -huh. the scripts. I mean, sort of my sense of like what is impossible in film that comics just kind of does has gone down over the years as Marvel has sort of battered 
um, uh -huh. its way into into the public consciousness. And so, like, right. you know, if you had told about, you know, two years before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I would have been like, that's unfilmable. Like, that's never going to work. Um, uh, people are never going to accept something uh, this, this weird, weird and this. Yeah. And so, like, the multiple so universes, I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's very, very difficult to do. But if Inside Out can unpack sort of abstract mental space, there's no reason that Sony um, can't unpack uh, multiple universes. With that said, I think that the folks at Sony and Phil Lord and everyone involved oh, in this movie should heroic. send a um, thank you basket. They like thank you muffin basket to Dan Harmon for that episode. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Because, oh, right. right because right. that softened up the psychic grounds for people seeing multiple realities on film. Huh. Interesting. I would say, right, we should note that it's Sony product. Um, yeah. In yeah. association with um but like, i don't know how that works out, touch is my understanding that's my understanding uh -huh. i mean uh -huh. really great stan lee cameo the last stan oh, the yeah. last yeah. ever stan lee cameo uh, and what i a think movie like the best one yeah it's, it, it might be the yeah. best one yeah i think it is but like very yeah, it, other than that very little stipulations from marvel is my understanding huh it always fits um no yeah so <laughs> how do <laughs> But do you do you feel bad just a little bit about everybody now forgetting about Incredibles two? Uh, Incredibles two is awesome. It's so good. The it action in Incredible Incredibles two is amazing. Yeah, yeah, they sell it right. The uh, the whole uh, being able to port things from one place to another, which is a tough action concept to get. Yeah, they yeah. demonstrate it like twice, and then we're sold, and, and we understand. Um, but unfortunately, it's built on a. It is like returning to a family we know, and um, not so with Spider Verse, right? No. Yeah. The like, thing about Incredibles yeah. too, and I think you were saying this, Gabrielle, is just like it feels like it could have been made at any point between Incredibles one and now. Yes. Hmm. Um, like that was my big critique hmm. of. There is nothing. If they really had to wait for, I think it was twelve years. Yeah. In order, Incredibles, <laughs> yeah, or uh, longer than that. No, no, no. Four. I, I thought Incredibles was two thousand six. No, whatever. Ratatouille was two thousand six. Oh, you're. I thought so was, well. Anyway, whatever. Over a decade. Yeah. If they were kind of going, not yet, not yet, not yet. Hmm. Now, right. I. Oh yeah. Don't see what it was that made them have to wait this time. Like what needed to mature, what needed to progress, yeah. what needed to grow right. for them to tell that story i think that that's a story they could have told in 2008 yeah. and it would have been fine but no sure people enough. should people should sure. remember it i mean i think i feel like and people will and people will but people will. uh i i definitely hear that that like oh all of the shine is on spider-verse now yeah. um, i'll have to circle back when i've seen incredibles too. yeah <laughs> um definitely a spider-verse fan though it's but it did so work as uh, both a uh, sort of a blockbuster action film and an animated film, which I think is interesting for Spider-Verse. Yeah. You know, it's true of Incredibles 2, but Incredibles 2, you always look at, well, it's Pixar. And the challenge is, can you create the same kind of tension in an animated universe that you would have in, in a live action universe? Right. right. And I don't you feel like it's a problem they're working. I don't know. Plus, action films often borrow from Warner Brothers. So there's a clear like continuity between them hmm. but i felt like the um i don't know if it's fair to say but i felt like the stakes and the immediacy of spider-verse were just much more 
easily achieved, and we're and we're right there. After a moment or two, I felt like I was watching another, watching a good superhero film, and not watching the special animated, you know, universe world. Because they do the smart thing and they actually show you Peter Parker dying. Yeah, he um, dies on sh- screen. Quiet. Oh, um, does he die? Uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's it, you don't like see the life leave his eyes or anything. But, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And, and and you they you spend time with Miles Morales being both like the coolest kid on his block and the loser in his school, and you mm-hmm. you know before any of the mm-hmm. super stuff gets going, they mm-hmm. take their time. Right. Yeah. It's true enough. Um, and the Kingpin character design, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, like really good character design all around. Did you see it in 3D? We I did, did not. not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me neither. Apparently it is delightful in 3D. I saw it only in 3D, and I'd like to see it in 2D. You recommend now. 3D? Um, it was good. Except it was a little disconcerting, and I didn't know how much of it was. This is the new look of the film, or oh, they didn't get the 3D quite right. Hmm. I think um, it's the new look. So I'm sure it is. Like after a while, I figured out that they're doing texture things to make it look like drawing and different ki- kinds of drawing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Those, those were reading in a weird way in terms of depth. Oh, so, right. Oh. So if you have the Ben Day dots on like a character's face and the dots on the background, that it, it becomes it was like difficult to read what's in intentional here so right. part of it was my eye was taken off the story by the incredible visuals and i think the first time through huh. probably it would have been better to see 2d so my eyes just on story wow um, first and foremost i'm more excited to see it in um, 3d now yeah <laughs> there you go yeah the thought bubbles are cool in 3d <laughs> <laughs> it's uh anyway yeah so but it's a nice welcome to 2019 it's a good movie I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no Aquaman, but got, you know what you're going to do. <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, after Aquaman, I showed my 10 year old uh, the 1980 Flash Gordon, because as far as I could tell, that's the closest film to Aquaman. Fascinating. You know, Only... You're not the first person I've heard say that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But without a sense of irony, that's the difference. Between... <laughs> so Flash Gordon knows what it it's is. insane. And Aquaman pretends to know, but then doesn't know. It's a very weird movie. Like, it's self-aware up to a point, but actually not. Hmm. I feel like that's the DC move, like, post-Snyder, is to, like, ha, 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 we're not taking ourselves so seriously, but please, at this point, take me seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Brutality is their their watchword. Mm. Loud hitting sounds, basically, and deep bass rumble. (laughs) And it's hard to have a light touch. I watched Thor Ragnarok also after watching Aquaman. Oh, my God. That's night and day. Right. I like Isn't Thor it? Ragnarok a lot. Yeah. I mean, huh. it just works. Um, so, you guys, um, time bombs. Oh, you know what's great? You talk about monetizing time bombs. Um, it's got built-in cliffhangers. <laughs> you make people pay through the nose before they hear the next episode. That's how you're gonna make all your sure. cash on we time. Th- we bombs. thought about yeah. we thought about uh, <laughs> doing a drip, but we wanted to just drop yeah. it all at once. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, I listen to it all at once. Have you found that's what people do? I mean, do they actually break it up in episodes? I have no idea. It depends on uh, the listener. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people listen to it all in one go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if it had been any longer, you probably would have seen more people break it up. But I think forty. What's the total runtime? 
about 45 minutes. About 45 minutes, minutes. Yeah. 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 Each one it is It started out as a brief dog walk and became a longer dog walk and a longer oh. dog walk. And I was just staying out until I finished it. Oh. It was good for Hazel. She had a great walk because of time. Yeah. That reminds me of a, a colleague of ours tweeted the other day. <laughs> like, why did you walk? It was a five-minute cab ride. Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, it's... Yeah, we are now. It's when you're looking for tasks you can do so that you can listen at the same time. That's right. when you know podcasts have won. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell, you won my heart a long Aww. time ago. Aww. And uh, you continue to win my respect and my head, too. That is um, the only thing we want in the world, Scott. Everything else is just yeah. a smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Living wage? Who needs a living wage? Eh. Nobody um, needs that. Yeah. Well, thanks for getting together and talking. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any things you want to tell me about before we leave? Any things you want to plug that we could sneak in? Check out the... No Bad Ideas at NoBadIdeasPodcast.com. Uh, you can check out Time Bombs at TimeBombs.show. And you can mm. sign up for more information about our upcoming audio drama course at Course.FearOfPublicShame.com. This man's getting it on all. top of it. Yeah, Lovely. I'm yeah. entrepreneur. He's <laughs> he doesn't mess around. I also um, I also am webmaster. So, uh, uh, but go. not actually a master. Just that's the name. <laughs> I'm more of the web minion. Well, compulsive domain buyer. That too. Is, is but, oh, I see. But that's right. for the meeting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My name Dot is Mike and yeah. I'm a domain addict. Uh, uh, okay. Wrong meeting. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A self-help meeting. Yeah. Well, you should record it. Um, when in doubt. Oh, and, and Zach, we should say that you did a daily podcast for a while, which was a great feat of will. You and, really killed me. Um, and power. Yeah. I um, tried it again but, as a weekly show. It didn't exactly work quite the same, but uh, it was fun while it lasted. But still, it was nice. Really yes, yeah, phenomenal stuff. In I'm there. really proud of some of that work. Yeah. Um, some and and in a no, <laughs> but it was most. also a weird relationship you don't get in the media. Mm. Um, a daily relate, I guess you do on YouTube, right? On kind YouTube of. a lot. I was kind basically of, doing but, Casey Neistat on the radio. Um, he's a YouTuber. Yeah, who watched really for a couple months. Definitely annoying. a different, yeah, right, different personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I just appreciated the yeah. the uh, the boldness of the the challenge of doing daily and i tried doing video and it nearly killed me and doing audio oh yeah a much more healthy pace for me right. um and right. uh and also i found a more ethical way to record around new york city um and, uh -huh. and less off-putting to strangers to let people know <laughs> that you're recording well that but also and, like not like shoving a lens in people's faces like you know a uh -huh. microphone is just uh -huh. infinitely less threatening because yeah. people are yeah. like not having uh -huh. to worry about whether there's food in their teeth or whatever yeah. Well, that was an exciting time because, again, you're just throwing ideas uh, out there. Yes. And, um, and it's seeing what's fascinating to go back now and see which episodes have more downloads than others. And oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, huh. there wasn't the the new Apple data. Now you can see like minute by minute how people are listening and drop where they. Drop. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Seriously? Almost too much information. Right. So oh. you can sort of see what is engaging at a very, very, very fine grain level. Can you see where my dog walk was? Well, you're going to have to. <laughs>
sign up for the high Patreon tier to find out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Oh, well, you also have a wolf product that you might want. That's right. We uh, mentioned that's right. After, do you want to do this one? No, please. I'm curious. After many, many moons. And actually, a lot of moons. many sleepless nights, and uh, and just a lot of uh, of creative human man hours. Uh, the book from within the world of um, of Wolf Three Fifty Nine, uh, the uh, the companion yes, ebook, the um, DSSPPM, the Deep Space Survival <laughs> Procedure <laughs> Manual, um, yeah. is live on the internet at DSSPPM com uh it's an ebook it's not it's a digital copy we're thinking about doing yep. a physical run but god we can only do things that only do so many things at once yeah. um, but it is yeah, a honest to goodness book this thing is well over a thousand pages because no, no it's just under a thousand pages, or just under I a thousand pe- pages yeah. um, but it is over a thousand uh. tips it is exactly one tip over a thousand <laughs> tips um and then there's also an intro essay yep. yeah. uh, there's uh a, there's like an afterword it's there's unbelievable commentary from yes. doug eiffel like hand- handwritten, handwritten notes man um and uh it was just so fun to see it come together and it's just amazing that uh, it's online we've had uh, more sales than we can count. It's just like really exciting to see people just digging into this thing and loving it. Um, so yeah. if anybody's interested, that's so go there and get this. that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, there are some a... tips that will actually be useful for survival in space. Some, <laughs> not most, but some. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Cause uh, that's my number one concern right now. <sighs> no, that's great. Cause survival in space, just survival. Um, Fantastic! I was I was impressed that you got that damn thing done because you promised it to your <laughs> We so were we. And that yeah. seemed like Only nearly folly. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done. I I haven't I haven't bought it myself. I will get it soon. And um, then um, but every C film listener should um, <laughs> should get a copy, uh, especially before <laughs> the semester starts. Listen to Wolf three fifty nine. It will make more sense. Although... Oh really? Hey, want, hey, we're not the boss some, of you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> if you want to spend you $10 on our book, fair don't stop. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Yes. I, I suggest that you give Wolf 359 a cursory glance. It's the best practice. Okay. But if okay. you just want to get a kind of surreally funny, creepy manual on how to stay alive in space, then by God, That's go good. forth. Go forth yeah. with God. Yeah. We could put a this quiz really so people have to like pass. No. No. <laughs> mm, no barriers. Right. Well, okay. Again, for the last time, <laughs> lovely to talk to you guys. It's been fantastic. All right. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Sea Film Podcast. As I mentioned at the start, Gabriel Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti have now teamed up to offer an online course called Audio Fiction 101. The class includes 36 videos broken down into three units, and it all got started at a series of workshops they presented to film students here at Wesleyan. You can find out more about that, as well as more about Time Bombs and Wolf 359 at fearofpublicshame.com. That's fearofpublicshame, all one word, dot com. Meanwhile, keep listening to this podcast, the C-Film Podcast, on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. I think I'll push a button to... Oh, <laughs> I just started recording.
I gotta hang up. There we go. Leave meeting. Leave meeting. Very good.